Beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer, and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? And of course, what is in your glass? Yeah, I'm happy to be invited on the show. You know, it's nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> to come on here every once in a while. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, we were kid-free last night. They stayed at the uh, grandparents, so we actually got like a solid night's sleep. Ooh. So I'm feeling awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, right now I am drinking a beer that I mentioned, well, I'd say like an episode or two ago, but since I wasn't on for a while, it's probably <laughs> like two to three months ago. Oh, I don't know. Wow. Okay. And that is uh, Epic Brewing is brainless uh, on raspberries. Mm. Um, but this is batch number five, Ooh. uh, which I think when I looked it up, uh, was about five years ago yeah. that this was brewed. Um, and when we sat down to record it, I was like, oh no, we finished all the pale ale that we had in the fridge. I don't know if we have any <laughs> beer in there <laughs> and, uh, I opened it up and, uh, this guy was sitting there. So then, all right, it's time to break this bad boy open. Well, good thing. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's got a lot of raspberry still to it. It's actually tasting pretty nice. A lot of raspberry in the aroma. The uh, raspberry comes across in the flavor. Um, I'm getting a tiny hint of oxidation, but mm. it's not like a true, not really negative. Um, so it's still pretty nice. Nice, nice. Now that was a that was a bottle capped bottle, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they did do some cork stuff uh, uh, at one point, but I think that was short-lived. They went straight to the bottle cap. Yeah, and I, I think, isn't it now that, that it's called Brainless On whatever fruit or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, when this was done, it was just Brainless Raspberries. Ah, There okay. was no On in there. So, so I don't know. I, and I'm sure it's, it's their Brainless series, so they're using their champagne yeast, so it's really dry. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's pretty dry. So, well, you're you're drinking a vintage 9.8%. beer. Yeah, nine point eight. That's not that's damn. That's a good fruit beer. What what, what style yeah. would this be? Would this be considered a fruit beer? I think. Uh, it would, yeah, yeah, it would be. Because um, there's, I mean, it's not a fruited lambic. Yeah, you know, it's a Belgian style ale, but it's not doesn't fall into that category. So okay, it probably just fall into a generic fruit category. Um, Unless it fell, like, some places have, like, a specialty Belgian, and it might fall into that, depending on what, how they oh, yeah. write the uh, the descriptions, so. Okay. But, yeah. How about you? What are you drinking tonight? Well, you know what, John? I am also drinking an Epic beer, but it's not from Epic Brewing. It's from your cellar. 
It's your barley wine from back when you were homebrewing and making some fine homebrew before you started making some fine commercial craft beer. So uh, I'm drinking whatever stage of barley wine this is, and we're guessing it's about five years old or so. Did you figure yeah, out? Yeah, I, I looked it up. Brewed on 12-10-2012. Oh, nice. So, over six years old. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Well, uh, and you know what? It's holding up really well. I absolutely love your barley wines. And, uh, hey, I hope you're going to start brewing some of this stuff once you get your your uh, big brewery up and running. And uh, you can, you know, age it in some barrels or something. I don't know. Do something fancy with it and yeah, uh, bring it out for all your, all your, your patrons because they'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'll have to see how much of that I still have in the basement. And if I throw one of those in the fridge, yes. I've got one. So it's funny that you said that you opened the fridge to pull out a Pell Ale and then you didn't have any, you know, thing nice and easy to drink. I I'm the same. The reason I'm drinking the barley wine is I I have a, a few beers, but they're all big beers. Not that this is not going to be a big beer, too. I I just opened up my fridge. I had nothing lighter and, and you know, to to drink. I drank it all. And I, I had this in the fridge because I wanted to drink it. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and drink this beer tonight and see how I do. So if all of a sudden I am just can't speak anymore because I, you know, I, I've overdone my limit on alcohol, you'll know why. It's the barley wine. Yeah. <laughs> not, not all the other beer I drank this morning. So it's. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> or <Nothing>. yesterday. <laughs> it's just been one, one solid. Uh, weekend of drinking, which has been fantastic, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. But yeah, but well, I speaking of the you know putting that barley wine into a barrel or something, mm -hmm. I did uh, rescue two of my small cornies out of uh, my parents' basement today that have my barrel aged stout and my barrel aged porter in them. What? Um, so now I just need to get some kind of kegging setup over here because I have nothing. Wait, so. a, wait a minute, you you shipped that from Seattle in the kegs and everything, and it, and it, it lasted okay? They were in the car. Oh, the okay. <laughs> I drove those over. Wow. Um, along with a couple cases of beer. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're still here. I just need to get something set up so I can chill them and serve them. Okay. Now, where is your... I mean, did you did you sell your kegerator back at Seattle, or did you bring it with you? No, we uh, we packed it and brought it, but the uh, compressor died on the trip. I'm oh. guessing it shook around too much, uh, so it's dead. Oh, so yeah, I gotta figure out something else. Okay, all right. Okay, well, John, let's tell everyone what Tap to Craft is all about and then get right into the show. We've already, you know, we've had a pretty good conversation so far. That's what we like to do, talk about beer. But Tap to Craft podcast is an educational podcast and we focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help all of our great listeners along in their craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 96. We're recording on Sunday, March 25th, 2018. And in this episode, we're going to discuss some stuff. And uh, we're also going to discuss a craft beer festival that was held here in Boise this weekend called Elfort. 
the El, El Fort Beer Festival. It's a little local beer festival. And, uh, you know, I'm the only one on the show that's been to it. So I guess I'll have to just talk it up because I, you know, I want more people to come. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I want more people to come because it was pretty crowded, <laughs> 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 which was one of the problems. I mean, they even made the event in a bigger space this year. And it was still really packed, but uh, I don't want to spoil all that fun. We will definitely get into talking about that a little later. And, of course, as you already know, John and I will carry on some great beer conversation along the way. And let's start off this conversation with finding out an update on Trek Brewing. What's the status, John? Uh, same old, same old, and same as last week, right? No, <laughs> no news is good news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we've, we've got some action uh, going on. I think last time we were on, we had uh, a couple of our private, you know, soft opens. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'd had our family and friends night and done our patio party for the patio. Uh, people that uh, bought that perk for the Indiegogo campaign. And uh, since then, we have gotten the lights up for the patio. I saw so that. now it is ready to go um, for some nice evening drinking when the weather gets a little warmer and we actually put furniture out there, <laughs> um, which I guess would be the really the next step for the patio is furnish it. Um, but uh, we're getting close to the patio being actually bleached out um, because we poured it in the winter. Uh, it takes a lot longer for the concrete to kind of, you know, finalize setting and, mm -hmm. and properly bleach, bleach out in the sun. And I was looking at it today and there's maybe like 20% left to like fully finish bleaching out so okay we're getting close to being a you know i mean we can put furniture out there whenever but our uh contractor will be upset when he drives by uh, on his weekly check of the patio and sees furniture out there before. <laughs> he's like it looks good <laughs> so um but yeah so we're, we're getting that we're getting that squared away and then uh you know more space on the inside the our like banquet room or event room uh is getting cleaned up we uh just got the carpets all cleaned up. We're getting painting uh, starting this week in there and getting things squared away. Uh, so we can start hosting some events. And we've already got a few booked, which Ooh, is awesome. Nice. Uh, and then uh, let's see, 15 barrel system. Oh, yeah. We want, we want one of those. Yes. Um, and it is ready for us. Uh, so... We are actually working right now to have everything kind of decommissioned, get the, the boiler and all the steam piping off, you know, offline and uh, safely and get all the mechanicals, um, you know, electrical, plumbing, all that stuff disconnected so that we can start uh, putting it on trucks and taking it back to Trek. Um, so uh, that's getting started and we're getting bids out there to... Um, get everything hooked back together once we have it on site. So making progress okay. on that, on that front. And it's nice that now we can like actually make it, you know, move rather than just be waiting until other people finish, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we're still waiting for people to finish their work, but you know, now we have influence on it to some degree. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you have an estimated time it'll arrive at the brewery? Uh, not yet. Um, We've got some folks that are going in this week. They're not sure how long it's going to take to decommission. Mainly the the boiler and all the steam stuff um, is the big thing to get taken out um, safely and in a 
manner that doesn't destroy anything. Um, but uh, I'm hopeful that it won't be more than like this week or maybe in a little bit oh. of next week, depending on, on that. And then okay. we can get it all rigged up. So, Oh, nice. Uh, I, I, do you have an estimated uh, time for it to be like, how long it's going to take to do all the hookup in your facility? I mean, you already got everything pre, I mean, I'm assuming you got things kind of like pre set up based on what you knew about the design and everything. And then you just got to get, it all connected and, and yeah tested. we have we have uh, we've got some of the bones ready um you know we've got some water drops where they need to go we've mm-hmm. got some electrical where it needs to go um or at least close to where it needs to go so that then it can be you know fit in to its final spot uh where where the system will actually sit you know mm-hmm. um but uh, you know, we will have to be pulling some additional permits and everything for this, for this work. And so it's, I don't have a good timeline on it, mainly due to the boiler. Um, because due to, you know, hot steam under pressure and everything, it, it gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we need to make sure that it's safe and, and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That'll take some time uh, to get to get squared away, and we have, I know of at least two inspections that have to happen to get to allow us to operate the boiler. There might be a third, okay, um, just from different entities that have to have to sign off. So, and you know, we'll be at the whim of their schedule once yeah. we're complete. So, so um, when you get it all signed off, ready to go, have you chosen? a beer to be the inaugural brew in the big system. What should, what are you going to take a risk on? I have not picked an inaugural beer. Mm. Um, it, it may end up being the, you know, something, maybe the cream ale just cause it's cheap and yeah. it's light. And so I'll know, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, right away. Um, and if, if we have to toss it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't throw a ton of hops in there. Yeah. I didn't throw, you know, good thing. So, yeah, that that might be it. Um, we'll we'll see. Maybe the pale kind of middle of the road. Something okay. that'll give me a better idea on the hops than than the cream ale. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah, we're getting there. But uh, yesterday we had our fourth night open to the public. Ooh. Um. So we've been we've been keeping uh, steady hours of Saturday from five to nine. Um. Which is not a lot of time every week, but we've been packed um, every week, which is awesome. Mm. So, uh, and we're actually starting to get uh, a few regulars. Um, <laughs> so it's nice seeing some familiar faces coming in, uh, getting to know them a little bit. So it's been it's been really nice. Uh, our our first open to public night, we were actually half full ten minutes before we officially opened. <laughs> um, people just started wandering in, and then. Uh, like by five fifteen, the parking lot was completely full, and we had a line uh, at the door. Wow! Um, to get beer, uh, which was unfortunate for everyone in the line trying to get beer, but uh, we were, you know, trying to get through everybody as fast as we could. But people were waiting up to like forty five minutes. Oh my gosh! Because um, we were just uh, stuck, uh, kind of at a choke point on our POS system, which we then that night ordered a second POS system, and that has smoothed things out tremendously. Um, so we can have two basic registers, mm-hmm. uh, running. So, 
but uh you know every every week we're learning uh little things um that night we learned a lot of big things but then we were able to take care of it and uh you know it's, it's been it's been going really well and uh we're looking forward to expanding some hours because we got a couple more one barrel tanks oh, to kind of tide us over a little bit so we can get the uh 15 barrel in and so we're hoping we can at least add a day maybe two until the big system is going but we'll see how we how we do with uh the beer we're getting through okay so. okay so have you had any issues even with the one day a week opening of running low on beer or if you run out of stuff uh and only had like you know a less one less beer or two less beers on the menu no we, we've actually um the first little bit we were kind of running through um what we could make in a week but i'm also work i've been working on streamlining our you know processes mm -hmm. in the back so we're uh kind of able to finish things out uh improving you know our finishing in the bright tank and all that yeah. so um which some of it is just coming comes with reps and also comes with me being able to organize the brewery more now that it's not a construction zone, mm -hmm. you know, right before it becomes a construction zone again. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, early on I'd be running around all over the building looking for stuff that I know was there that I needed all of a sudden, you know, and then, uh, but I'm getting everything in its, in its resting place now for the, for the one barrel system. It was kind of out in the middle of the room and now it's in its, in its home on the, that was officially on the drawings and everything. So okay. it's getting, getting a lot nicer uh from that perspective okay so now that you've got extra one barrel for a minute to try to you know keep the supply going once you get your 15 barrel system up I'm, i may have already asked you this question i don't know but do you think that then you might be able to brew a lager in your one barrel system and be able to store it in a you know for a minute for a minute longer in in your your little one barrel for a minute since you have more of them now or is it just not going to be an option because you can't, I mean, can you regulate the temperature of just one fermenter for a lager and use the other ones for ales or can you? Yeah. All, all our fermenters are controlled independently. Independently. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I could do that and I, there'd be no reason I couldn't do that once we have the 15 barrel, you know, running and running the way it needs to. Okay. Um, Okay, because so. I only asked because it just hit home again today. Uh, someone from Israel was visiting, and uh, they I asked them, "Oh, we're going to go to this uh, brewery," uh, and we we showed up, and he said, "I said, what kind of beer style do you like?" He said, "I like lagers," and I look on the board, and of the eight beers or eight or ten beers that were on there, there was no lagers, and I said, "Ah, there's no lagers," and again, because. For one thing, you know, to make a good lager, you know, it takes, uh, you know, it's it's not just like throw the greens together and ah, it's going to come out. You know, you got to kind of baby a lager, I think, a little bit more. And the time. They don't, they only have three fermenters. They don't want to, you know, take one of their three fermenters and, you know, have that extended uh, use for that lager. So I understand uh, the pain, but. Then there's some people that really enjoy lagers, and then they, they have to try to find another style that they can appreciate. And he did fine. He went for the red ale, and he actually really enjoyed it. Uh, but it, you know, just something that that you know, there's certain yeah. beer drinkers that like you know lagers. 
Yeah, and we've actually found that a lot of folks that come in in that vein really enjoy the cream ale that we have available. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we also have had uh, a guest lager available. Um, So we... When we first opened, we had a Pilsner. Okay. And now we've got a Hellas. Okay. Um, on so, and I've I've got one that I'm really excited about. I've got a, a Swartz beer. Oh, um, ready nice. to go. So, I'm looking forward to putting that one on, mostly because I want to drink it. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. never had this particular one before, but just the fact that I can put on a Swartz beer, I'm excited about. So, can you can you tell us what brewery is going to be from? Uh, it's from Fatheads. Oh, Fatheads, nice. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Now. I do, uh, I mean, I've joked with you offline about the fact that you haven't named your beers. Um, Is this only short-lived and eventually you're going to actually put like real names to them? Or are you going to just basically call your beers IPA, Trek IPA, Trek Pale, Trek Cream, Trek uh, Stout, Trek Porter? Is that what you're going to do? No, they they will have names. Okay. Um, and, you know, part of it is like right now we are still, we're making tweaks and not always subtle tweaks okay. um, as we kind of dial things in. Um, and, you know, I've, I've said like, I'm not going to serve a bad beer and, you know, nothing's turned out bad. They're just not necessarily the target. Like they yeah. still taste good, but it's not yeah. what it's supposed to be or what I want it to be. Yeah. So like batch two of the IPA took a pretty dramatic shift. Um and so part, you know, a little bit of that is while we, you know, truly get things dialed in, you know, it's kind of more of a, you know, this is an IPA that we have and this is, you know, okay. a cream ale that we have, that okay. kind of thing. Okay. But no, there, there will be names. So. All right. Would you be, would you be open to having a name that beer contest on the show? Not that you'd have to use the name, but we could go out there to our listeners and have them submit Trek themed beer names for different styles. And and if you found one that really f- worked, then we could, you know, send them a prize and you could use it. If, and if we don't, then we can send, you know, the one that I like the best a prize or would you yeah, not? I'd be that? open to that. Okay. Yeah, we can, we can sort something out. Okay. So. All right. So listeners, I haven't got it all worked out yet, but now you know that you should be thinking of good Trek themed beers for whatever style we're not going to you know just whatever style that you think would be a good beer name and then uh, th- think about them now and then on the next episode i will have the details of name that trek beer contest and you might have your name or your beer you know your your beer name um served at trek if you get lucky that'd be great yeah we'll iron out some details and uh Put it out there. Okay. So. All right. So, okay. yeah, then uh, one more thing. Oh, um, what else? We distributed our first keg. Oh, wow. Woo. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's not something I really plan on doing, especially this early while I'm trying to expand my hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's an event going on right now um, in, in our county, uh, the Tasty Buns and Craft Beer Week. Um which kind of started with the, with the tasty buns. And so it was like an event for restaurants to put together like a special sandwich and, you know, get people out and checking out new places and that kind of thing. And then they, they've added beer to it and, uh, and a special beer that I'll talk about in a little bit, but they did a kickoff event last night, 
um, to support the the food pantry and everything. So they asked us to, you know, they're trying to do a tap takeover with all the Lincoln County mm. breweries, basically. Um, and so we uh, sent over a, a keg of IPA. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, Trek IPA out in the wild. That is yep. awesome. Okay, is that yeah. everything? I think so. All right. I don't know. It's been a month. I'm probably leaving out a whole bunch, but uh, so it's top of mind. We may we may visit more things as it just pops up in, okay. in conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just throw it in. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Okay. Well, John, um, I'm going to talk about a, a real quick activity this weekend, and then if you have an activity that you you know went and want to talk about over the last month, then I'll let you go. But uh, my buddy Alex, Alex Fuchs, uh, came to visit from Israel this weekend. And I'll tell you what, it's, I mean, always, always a fun time to, to go out and hang out with Alex and, and to, you know, maybe overindulge in my beer intake. Uh, but you know what? It's okay to do every once in a while. And now that he's gone, I, I definitely have slowed down on my intake because we're not hitting all these breweries, tr trying all the new beers as we were uh, when he was here. But we did um, go to the El Fort Music Festival. Or, well, it's Tree Fort Music Festival, and there's an El Fort Beer Garden Festival uh, that I'll talk about during our Brew Buzz segment. But we, we met up there, and we, we had some beers. Afterwards, we went uh, to uh, another friend's house where we had steaks and more beer and great fellowship, chatting up and drinking and having a great time through the night. Then this morning... We met at another friend's house and we had a brunch with mimosas and then we had to follow that up because we had to kind of put you know mimosas are okay in the morning you know for drinking but uh we we had to follow it up with a, with visiting clairvoyant brewing and trying out some of their new beers that they have on tap and had a great time uh drinking clairvoyant beers and uh, they had uh i, I i'm going to talk about these real quick but they had two coffee beers on tap using some uh, a new coffee roaster here in, in the area called frog fix and they had a, a of course a coffee brown ale which their brown ale by itself is already a really good brown ale but then they throw a light a lighter roast subtle coffee flavor into it and just really really goes a long way because i that brown ale already has that toffee malt character and in a little bit of that coffee uh, flavor up front and then it finishes off that toffee character it was really well done brown ale with with coffee flavor um i, I enjoyed that one and they also had a coffee uh kolsch and i've had coffee cultures before and i really enjoy them and again the kolsch by itself i didn't log this one in a tap because i just had a, a taste of alex's kolsch but man the kolsch was fantastic had uh, a really clean uh, character to it with uh, with a you know that corn kind of a corn flavor in there really really good by itself then they threw a little bit of that coffee flavor same coffee they use in the brown again just subtle hints of coffee with that corny uh, Kolsch very tasty I had a whole, a whole pint of that uh, and a whole pint of that uh, coffee brown uh, it was good stuff really enjoyed it uh, again, Clairvoyant making some fantastic beer. Uh, just started up six months ago, and, and I'm looking forward to you know seeing where they go uh, in the future. 
And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And now I'm still drinking even after we returned from, from that. And I'm, you know, I'm drinking John's great uh, beer. So that was my event for now. John, did you have any events you want to talk about? No, my events have been Saturdays from five to nine. Okay. So, you know what? That is <laughs> an event. That's been all my focus. That so. is an event. That's, that's great. That's great. Okay, then, John, how about talking about some of your noteworthy beers? All right. Yeah, I'll just mention a couple. Um, one that I had last night and we have on, on draft right now, which is the Matri Luna Lux, which is a white IPA. Um, and uh, just this one was nice. I had it after our after we closed, and it was just a n- nice, light, refreshing uh, citrus, um, not heavy-handed on the bitterness or anything. Um, but uh, just a nice, nice, light, refreshing IPA. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. It just hit the spot and was fresh in my mind when we put this together. So yeah, you know what? It kind of sounds like it might be very similar to that prismatic, and then Kasi prismatic IPA. I've been drinking a lot. It's like a a citrus, um, you know, clean, bright citrus uh, IPA that really goes down nice and easy, and it's like a an easy drink, right? I always kid my kid people that you know you buy a six pack of this beer and it, it you bring it home you pop one open and before you know it, it the six pack is gone because it's just so easy to drink and so tasty. Yeah, it's a little more dangerous when it's just on a tap, you know, and, <laughs> and don't necessarily have to keep count. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty nice, so I enjoyed that one. Um, the next one I'll talk about, uh, I actually had a hand in brewing. Oh. Um, and that is the nine of hearts, uh, which was brewed at Homestead, uh, beer company over in Heath, Ohio. And it's a collaboration beer, uh, all the Licking County breweries, uh, that are currently open and about to open. Uh, there's nine of us. And, uh, this was a, the beer made for the tasty buns and craft beer week. Mm. Um, and it is a California common. Oh, brewed with honey and grains of paradise and uh it is delicious um we were able to tap it last night for the first time um you know coinciding with the kickoff event so at 7 p.m uh we put it on and uh started serving it and everybody was loving it and okay. uh it's a it's a really nice uh light but flavorful beer okay so and uh can you can you tell how trek brewing uh, what, what, what part of the collaboration that you guys participated in? Uh, part of the recipe, uh, <laughs> stuff. And I was there on brew day. I, I physically put grain into the mash tub. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, when you have nine breweries all trying to collab on brew day that, you know, there's a lot of jobs to go around and, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody actively participated. Some were just sitting there drinking a beer. Yeah. I wanted to get my hands in there. Yeah. Um, so they are currently have the biggest system in the County. Um, soon we will match them. So, oh, wow. Um, so they, they have a 15, 15 barrel system. Uh, and then they've got some 15s and thirties in for fermenters. I oh, believe, wow. But nice. Yeah. So we've got a partial keg of that. And then one more keg left for, for next week. Um, so next Saturday is the, uh, the final day of uh, Tasty Buns and Craft Beer Week. And there's actually a, oh yeah, here's another thing I talk about. There's a, a festival 
um, going along with it that we will also be at our first first festival. Ooh. So um, we'll be pouring a couple of beers. Uh, not sure what which yet. We'll see when we get there what we've got that we can let go of. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about the brew festival. It's good. It's a good way of getting your, you know, getting the Trek name out there to people that are coming from outside of town or from. Is it going to be in in Columbus or in Licking County? Uh, it's in it's in Newark. Newark um, in, okay. in Licking County. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a county focused, uh, you know, week long event. Okay. You know, kind of like you know the Columbus Beer Week, but it's for Licking County. Okay. Beer Week plus okay. some sandwiches. <laughs> I'm, I'm more focused on the beer we don't do just, so. <laughs> sweet so yeah that's it for me so how about you okay well i'm going to talk about a few beers quickly because um last episode i mentioned that i received my first haul of the flux beer exchange and i uh was matched up with with matt knight over in rochester new york and he sent me some a great collection of beers from rochester new york area and i at the time that we recorded i was i hadn't drank any of them and i drank uh, the first one i drank was the genesee bach uh on the air for the show and i enjoyed that one it was a nice nice beer but i i started drinking the rest of them I, in fact i drank all but one i only have one left that i haven't drank and i'll tell you what they're all fantastic beers Matt knocked it out of the ballpark with picking styles and beers that he thought I would appreciate. And every one I really enjoyed. And he didn't, you know, he gave me a lot of the ones that I really gravitate towards, the stouts, the porters, brown ales, but he, and scotch ale. But yeah, the scotch ale. But he also, uh, you know, he threw in a lager or a pilsner. Was it a pilsner? Oh, now I can't remember. But he threw in some other styles that are, and a milk style and stuff that's not usually my favorite. And I'll tell you what, even those were fantastic. But here are just a few of the ones I rated the highest. And uh, the first one that I gave a five-cap rating to on Untap is from Big Ditch. It's the Excavator Rye Brown L. And you know, John, all you got to do is say Rye and Brown L, and you know that I'm just going to be all over it. A fantastic beer. Uh, I loved the character of the brown, love the little rye uh, character in there too. Just really well done. I loved every sip of that beer. The next one that I also gave a high score, a 4.52, was from Three Heads. And this was a 22-ounce bottle, a bomber. It was called the Majestic Imperial Stout. And I'll tell you what, that is a Majestic Imperial Stout. It's fit for a king for sure. This, <laughs> this stout was everything I enjoy in a stout. Big, heavy, thick, you know, viscous, dark, malty, a little bit of coffee character in there. Mouthfeel was just like, you know, you, you, you drink it and it's just coating your mouth with some just delicious chocolate and, and, uh, yeah, chocolate and, and, and a little bit and coffee flavor. Really well done. Really enjoyed it. I recommend that anyone that can get, uh, three heads in their area, seek out this majestic imperial stout. I think, Matt told me that they don't normally bottle this one, and he found a bottle and, and really got lucky to be able to send me a bottle. Normally, it's just on draft. So I, I feel even you know more uh, lucky that, that he was able to find a bottle of that one. 
the next one is also from Three Heads. It's called the Freak Cafe, the Freak Cafe Imperial Coffee Oatmeal Brown Ale. Woo! That's a That's that mouthful. is a mouthful, right? <laughs> <laughs> and again, this beer was fantastic. Another brown ale, the oatmeal brown ale, adds that great smooth creamy character to the the body and the the coffee very well done uh you know not again not overbearing with the coffee not too didn't make it bitter uh just a really great uh, brown ale i really enjoyed it and then the uh the milk stout that i mentioned is from robach it's called cookies and milk stout and again i'm not a huge fan of milk stouts because they tend to be too sweet and they're they're usually a little bit thinner than uh, the, you know than normal. I mean, at least they feel thinner uh, because of that. I guess that sweetness, maybe that or that. Uh, I'm not sure why they feel. Why do they, Why do you think that? To me, I mean, are milk stouts thinner, John, or is it just my uh, interpretation of of what I'm tasting making it seem like it's thinner? No, I wouldn't expect a, a milk stout to to feel thinner because I mean, you're adding lactose, which isn't. Yeah, it should be uh, heavier, right? Yes, it can't be broken down by the yeast, yeah. so um, that should be adding mouthfeel to it. Okay. I mean, a dry, stout, dry Irish stout would should be the thinnest of the okay of the stouts. Okay, so. well, this milk stout wasn't thin. Had good body, good mouthfeel. It actually did taste like I was drinking, uh, you know, cookies and cookies in inside the the beer. It was actually very tasty, well done. I really enjoyed it. I end up giving that one a four. That's pretty good for me in milk stouts to give a four. Uh, really nice. And the last one I'm going to talk about is the Empire and, and Empire Brewing. And it's the local grind Scotch Ale with coffee. And, uh, wow, I n- never expected that, uh, that you would add coffee to a Scotch Ale and it would work, but it does work. Uh, I think the sweetness of the, of the Scotch Ale, uh, kind of uh, complements the b- bitterness maybe that you might get from the coffee and it kind of just balances out really well and has some great flavor. I really enjoyed this coffee scotch ale. So John, have you had any of these beers before or any of the breweries? No, no, these are all, yeah. So they're new to me, new to you. Um, if you get your way down or over to New York, maybe you should, uh, you know, check out these these beers. I think you would enjoy them all. My all too. Yeah, they sound awesome. Yeah. Okay, and then those were all my beer trade ones. Now, there's one beer that I want to mention that wasn't in a beer trade. It was here locally on tap at the Growler Guys in Meridian, and it's from Belching Beaver. And you know, I drink a lot of Belching Beaver beer because I like Belching Beaver. They make some really good beers. And this one again, there's a theme you're going to hear. It's a brown ale. I love brown ales, and breweries don't do brown ales, and now all of a sudden I'm getting a bunch of brown ales. I'm so happy this year is fulfilling my needs for styles outside of IPAs. They're actually brewing beers that are styles I enjoy, like brown ales and scotch ales. Um, This is called Good Morning Beautiful Brown Ale, and it's a coconut brown ale, and oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I drank a glass of it, and then I got a crowler three of it, too, because I just needed to have more. Um, it's a fantastic beer. Anyone who can get Belching Beavers, Good Morning Beautiful Brown Ale, I can't recommend it high enough. Uh, like I said, it has a, 
what I say it have in it? It had uh, coconut, vanilla, and I think it had a little bit of coffee too. But the coffee, if it did have coffee, was like really mellow. You couldn't really taste it as very much. But the the vanilla and the coconut really come out in in the beer. But so, uh, you know, with the you, your resurgence of brown ales, uh, are you seeing a lot of folks just doing? a nice classic brown ale or because I, I seem to be seeing them coming back, but more as a vehicle, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that's not as heavy as a stout, but still brings some of that character that can hold up to, you know, these additional ingredients. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it seems that there's still, it hasn't really been like the resurgence of not just a nice classic, you know, brown ale. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, I've seen most of the brown ales that have been coming back to the breweries are are using a vehicle for another adjunct or another thing that they're doing. But what's nice is, for example, the um, Clairvoyant, they already did a brown ale. One of the first beers I – in fact, the first beer I had at, at Clairvoyant was, was their brown ale. Just a classic brown ale, nothing in there, really good. And then now they brought it back with this, uh, and they brought it, you know, because they've been rotating through beers. And then as they, you know, brew another batch of it, they'll put it back in the rotation. It came back with the brown ale, and this time they decided to to have the brown ale uh, on tap, and also do some some of the brown ale with the the coffee edition. So you can kind of showcase the the coffee brown, and you can also just get the brown by itself. And there's a couple breweries that I've gone to recently that have done that. You know, they just split, split the, the batch up, do one just a standard style and one with whatever adjunct they want to add in. But you're right. I don't think brown ale is really, you know, coming out strong, but it's just nice to see that they're starting to brew the, the style. And I'm hoping that they'll brew the style just by itself also and not just with vanilla and, you know, chocolate and coffee and whatever else thrown in. I, I mean, I, I just, I love a good brown ale, you know? I, I, well, yeah, I mean, and they can be nice and refreshing and mm-hmm. still very flavorful, Yeah, you know, cause they don't need to be, uh, have a lot of, you know, residual sugar and, you know, mm-hmm. cloying or anything like that. They can be nice and dry, but still bring in some of those toffee and, yeah. you know, kind of characters to it. So I, I'd love to, you know, see that start happening at a wider scale. Well, you so. can do it. You can do it, John. No, let's not get carried away. <laughs> I mean, I've had your brown ale. I like your brown ale. You should definitely, you know, brew some brown ale. Well, you've had my my hoppy brown. Yeah, I like hoppy so, browns too. I like which which we actually have in the fermenter right now at Trek. Oh, so. sweet, sweet. Yeah, the, in fact, I think the first tin barrel beer that I ever had when they came to Boise, they did a special beer for. Uh, El Fort, <laughs> which is funny that, uh, that we should, you know, we're going to talk about El Fort. Now I've, it just reminded me of a story that when this is like five years ago, uh, maybe I think about five years ago, they came in the Boise, started uh, doing their stuff. And the first beer they brought was the Boise, the Hoppy Boise, Hoppy Boise, down, downtown Boise Brown Ale. I think that's what it was called. And I'll tell you what, it was a fantastic hoppy brown it had had the good character of the of the brown but with that hoppy uh character uh fantastic and i loved i fell in love with the brewery at that time with that beer and that was a one-off beer they did just for l4 you know l4 always tries to have a theme 
and they and and that was follow the theme for that year um yeah interesting that that's the beer that i remember from from tim barrel the most and Apoc- Ap- apocalypse ipa is also a, a one that i remember it was a, it came in and at the time it was a really good ipa and now there's just so many ipas that it just kind of that one just kind of is still good but it just kind of falls into you know the the list of ipas because there's a million of them Okay, John. I guess I talked a little bit too much about beer, but I, you know me, I, I get talking yeah, about beer. It's really not a focus of what we're doing here. So. <laughs> but hey, let's go in. And uh, we had a voicemail. I love it when we get voicemails. And our buddy Jason Lacey from the Flux Deposed and the Battle of Beer, uh, he called in to talk about our last show. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, guys. It's Jason from uh, Flux Deposed. A battle of beer, you know me well. I'm in the process of listening to episode 95 right now, and you know Chris asked about some founder stuff, and since I am in Grand Rapids, I thought it was Colin, and leave a message, it's easier than typing. Uh, yeah, CBS was usually just a tap room release, and then they did their whole backstage, you know, bomber series and put it out this year. I believe that's the first time it's really been distributed. I'm not too current on my founder's history, so I could be wrong there. I don't get there very often because it's just always insanely busy. Um, I enjoyed the beer, but I, I feel like I've had um, it in the tap room years past. I enjoyed it more. Uh, like right now, it's KBS uh, release week, and so everything goes crazy for that. And, uh, you know, I kind of think that that's a beer now that is kind of overhyped because I just don't think it's, you know, it's kind of meh for me now. If I if I can find it, I'll get one, but I'm not going to go out of my way to pick up a four pack or a bomber or anything. Uh, there is a, a local craft beer store celebrating their first year anniversary uh, this Saturday, and they're going to have it on tap. So I'll probably try to get some then and see how it is. But hey, enjoy the show as always, guys, and uh, cheers. All right. Well, thank you, Jason, for that awesome voicemail. I'm glad that you are in the know. In fact, when Chris mentioned that uh, if we had any listeners, that uh, in in the uh, Michigan area that might know some history on founders, uh, I was thinking of you and Lucas, but I didn't want to interrupt the flow of his uh, discussion, so I just kind of left it quiet. But thank you for filling in. And I have not had I, – I did not get a chance to have the, the uh, Canadian – Breakfast out. Breakfast out. Uh, breakfast yeah. out. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I, I'm losing track already. I think this barley wine is starting to kick in. But uh, I haven't had that one yet, the CBS. Um, I have had the KBS, and the KBS is very good. And uh, as you mentioned, it should be hitting the shelves here shortly, at least in your area. And, and for me, I'll be getting it in a couple of weeks probably if it's, if it's uh, the same as it was last year. And I'll pick up a bottle of it. Um, I enjoy it. I'll drink a bottle, but again, you're right. I'm not going to wait in line. I'm not going to go crazy because it is a little expensive. Uh, but uh, I've heard from a number of people that the CBS, uh, you know, that all the hype and everything back, you know, five, six years ago, whatever it was, um, you know, for that beer was all crazy and people were just talking about it as the best thing. But now that there's been so many other great beers, you know, like, you know, Chris talks about Angry Chair. They have a whole lot of different interesting stouts and, and things that just kind of blow, you know, blow the pants off of most breweries. I think that now that there's so many great beers out there, this one comes back and people had great remembrances of it, but now it's not, you know, quite living up to what they remember. And again, maybe the, 
the recipe changed or the barrels to change or, you know, something changed in there. But I've heard a lot of people that they were, it was kind of like overhyped for them and, and they, they, maybe they bought into the hype and, and when they actually got the beer, they were like, ah, it's okay. You know, did you, you had the CBS, right, John? Yeah. And I really enjoyed the beer. Now I had never had it before. Um, I didn't have to stand in line or anything. You know, someone else showed up with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but you know, I think there is something to be said that, you know, there, there are a lot of these types of beers out there now, you know, uh, this was more of a unique unicorn uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I will say it was still a very well done beer. It was still a very delicious beer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you start a, a marketing campaign, hyping the thing up, that's hasn't been around for seven years or whatever it was, you know, it's easy to, you know, get, super hype and you know just like when you go into a movie like super yeah. pumped for it yep. and then it just it was really good but it just wasn't didn't quite hit what you had <laughs> built it up to in your yeah. mind oh yeah versus you go into the movie that's just okay but you went in with super low expectations like that was great you know i mean it's it's really easy to to play those mind games and um yeah we're also in a, a day and age when you know everybody likes to have hot takes and, and everything else i don't know it, it was a, it was a good beer that's yeah. a, that's all that really matters at the end of the day so well, there you go. Yeah, as long as you enjoy it, and it's and uh, now I have to ask if you would have paid the twenty six dollars and you would have waited in line for you know an hour to get it, would you feel the same that it was worth the time and the money, or would you would you think it would have maybe lost a, a you know a lost a little bit because of the fact that you you had to put time into and money to get it. Um, I don't know. I think I still would have enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, I, I've done that for beers from Rubens, um, and Fremont for, uh, but they're always good and <laughs> great. Well, but yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, this was also a very good beer. Okay. So, and, and, but you know, part of that is also depends on the experience. Like I was doing those with friends. I was in line with yeah. friends. Like I wasn't just standing there by myself, True. like twiddling my thumbs and then just going home. Yeah. I was enjoying myself. And so it was. So, I mean, if I was, you know, in, in Grand Rapids and, and Jason and Lucas and, you know, they were just being, being mean, weren't hanging out with me, then I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it that much. But yeah. You know. Yeah. If they were just phoned in their order to you to get for them, it wouldn't be so much fun waiting by I'd yourself. take their money and take their beer home <laughs> with me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, great. Thank you, Jason, for, uh, for sending that voicemail. We appreciate it. Okay, we also had a Twitter poll. I try to do a Twitter poll every Sunday that we record. And the last poll was, have you traded or have you beer traded? And we had 16 votes. Not that, not bad. I mean, I'll take 16. It's better. I mean, it's, it's double digits. Hey, that's good. And uh, here's the uh, answers that we had to choose from. Yes, and I love it. Yes, but not my thing. No, but I'll, but I might try it. And no, doesn't interest me. And uh, the yes, but not my thing only got one vote, so uh, that's not that's not bad. The uh, no doesn't interest me got two votes. Then with five votes, no, but I might try it. And the winner is with eight votes, yes, and I love it. So we do have uh, a few beer traders out there that really enjoy trading beer. So, so Chris has eight Twitter accounts. <laughs> 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 
maybe he might. He might. You know, he is all into social media, so he might do that. But I don't think Chris isn't on Twitter very much, so he may not. I don't think he even uh, probably answered the poll because I, I don't see him on Twitter much. That okay. makes two of us. Yeah, yeah. The only <laughs> time I see you on Twitter is when we tag you. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so now the, the latest poll I, I just got on uh, the Twitter to, uh, today uh, will be running through Sunday, April 1st. So you have a couple days still to go and uh, find the poll and, and go ahead and select your answer before the poll runs out after the show airs. And the question is, are you in to the IPA haze craze? How do you like your IPA? And here's the choices you have. Hazy, juicy, and tropical is one choice. Double or triple is the second choice. West Coast style is the third. And, of course, the dark Cascadian or black. Uh, those are your four choices. So there's, I think, a pretty good why. I can only put four selections on there. So I chose those because I thought that kind of, you know, if I would have said East Coast or West Coast, well, kind of the hazy stuff is kind of East Coast, kind of. But I know there's an actual East Coast style, but I left them out. Sorry. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at risk of throwing off the poll, can I give an answer? Yeah, yeah. I like my IPA with hops in it. So there we go. Okay, West Coast then. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Actually, some of the people that's already responded uh, have, you know, I think... A, Here's the problem with these Twitter polls. If you're using a third-party app, then you don't see the poll. You just see the Twitter question. And so I get a lot of responses that just answer the question. Uh, I mean, they just, they just fill in their own you know, answer by answering with, with, a, with a comment. So I, the, the one that uh, – there's a couple here. Let me, let me quickly bring up my Twitter so I, our Twitter so I can uh, read this because it was kind of funny. Um, what's well, so I'm gonna do? Except I could see it. I'm just gonna just add a bunch of junk. Okay, okay. Um, so one, so one, one person said, "I like my IPA like I like my women, distinct, unique, and just a tad bitter." <laughs> 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 that was one of them. And then um, we had another one that uh, just answered yes. <laughs> I get yes to, I think he likes hazy, the haze craze. He's all into the haze craze. Uh, then we've got, um, you know, we got skinny Matt. He says, uh, I'm not a hop head, so I refuse to vote. And come on, man. You got to vote, Matt. Just because uh, you're not. The answer a is no. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I guess so. I did the vote. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Kyle in Ohio, he says, I like my IPAs as dank and hoppy as possible. So there you go. That's kind of. Like you there, John, right? You like your, your dank and, and uh, hoppy beers? Well, I just said I like when they use hops when they make it. True. That's all. True. Okay. I don't like the IPAs that they don't add hops to. Okay. Okay. So. And then Amanda, she wrote and she commented and says, can you, can I just say that I, in capital letters, I love that the hazy, juicy, and tropical has no votes? <laughs> 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 and, of course, now it has a vote. Wow, we already have, uh, in just the four hours that this has been active, or three hours have been active, uh, 13 votes already. Wow, it's, it's uh, doing pretty good, so let's keep up the voting for sure. John, get in here and vote. Hot button topic. <laughs> it's a hot news. Okay, so John, let's go into some, uh, some listener feedback. Why don't you hit us up with the first one? 
Yeah, so uh, Craft Beer Joe at Craft Beer Joe mentioned on Twitter. Uh, Love the shipping episode. Eh, so so. <laughs> uh, I've got an article in the works, and it provided me some new thoughts on the topic. Also, Tavor allows you to only buy what you want, and the shipping cost is set at fifteen dollars. Last time he checked. Yeah. So, John, so, you yeah. you've actually you actually used that once, right? Yes, and uh, you, a few years ago. And you didn't have a very good experience, did you? I didn't have a very good experience with the actual uh, delivery portion. Okay. Um, whatever shipping company they used was terrible. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I actually still have a credit there from that experience. Um, I just haven't gone back to it. Oh, um, oh, well, you know what? You can just ship it to so, me. Just add some good quality beer. and. Well, I think the credit pretty much covers the shipping. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you want to, uh, you know. Give me a, a list and a check, then sure, I'll send some beer your way. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, in hindsight, what I should have done at the time, because they shipped out of Seattle then, I don't know how they're set up now, but I could have just got driven in downtown Seattle and picked it up, um, which hindsight being what it was, I, I would have done, because yeah. it was a disaster trying to get that shipment um, at the time. But, um, yeah, I still got some nice beers from it uh, that I couldn't get my hands on in the bottle shop, so it worked out. I, I'm thinking about trying it now that I learned it's only fifteen dollars for shipping. If that's true, um, I might try it, and I might sh ship the beer to work my work address because the reason I haven't done it is because there's nobody home, uh, you know, during the day when the delivery guys try to come. So there's no way that I'm going to be here to sign for it. And I just don't want to have to go through that hassle like what you had to go through. So I'm thinking that I might try it and I might have it sent to my work. So I know that they'll, you know, we have a shipping department. They, you know, he's there, you know, all day to sign for things. So um, that might, yeah, that might work. In, in theory, he is supposed to be 21, although they did not check for that when they finally showed up. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so they let uh, Charlie sign for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I still got it, but you know, it said like mandatory ID check, like at the time, and then that didn't happen. But okay. anyway, right. I, I got a credit for it. I don't even know if my account's still active. It's probably dead, and I've lost my credit. But who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Craft Beer Joe. Uh, also, we got an email from uh, William Lake. And he just wanted to let us know that he's doing well with his newborn son, Simon, and he's learning to be a dad and having a great time at it. He also wanted to let us know that he likes to drink porters and stouts in winter because it warms him up. And also he said he's only shipped one box of beer and it was to his favorite beer podcast host. Ah, it's, that's awesome. Thank you, William. That was me, by the way, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can send you can send uh, beer to your favorite podcast host too, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not coming to you. So <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. Why don't you hit us with our next one? All right. So Johan Halberg uh, comments on the show post on Facebook. Great show, guys. Uh, I know at least half of it was good, <laughs> but uh, I haven't been in been into beer trading yet uh, but my experience from traveling with beer I must say that cans are superior uh, sunglasses smiley and 
thumbs up thumbs up emoji <laughs> uh, and speaking of stout season i'm just brewing a stout while having a delicious english porter homebrew cheers then another sunglasses smiley and cheers emoji yeah yeah so that that's pretty awesome i didn't realize that that he uh, homebrewed and uh, i'm glad that uh, he's sharing that because he remember he's from uh, sweden he's our swedish listener one of our Swedish. we have a couple in sweden which is nice uh so yeah great i'm glad yeah that, i'm glad that he homebrews and maybe yeah and i agree that cans give you a, a different level of peace of mind yeah you know that's just i mean yes things can still go wrong but i feel like your percentage drops tremendously yeah when you uh don't have any glass in there so yeah i think uh one of the we had we had some mishaps with the flexipose beer exchange um one box had a broken you know, broken beers, uh, and, and, and that I'm surprised that UPS actually shipped the beer that wasn't broken back to the sender. I thought they would have just discarded everything, but I guess they, yeah, they usually, uh, destroy it. AKA delivery guy, get some beer, get some beer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, they delivered four of the seven bottles back to him and they were all sticky and, uh, looking, looking a little bit shabby. Another box looked like it had cans in it and looked like, a screwdriver went through the side of the box and uh, <laughs> and luckily the can just got a little dent in the side and didn't get punctured. But again, what the heck's going on? Why would a screwdriver be? I mean, that, that worried me when I heard about the screwdriver because I literally packed I, the, the box I sent to Matt had mo all cans and one 22 ounce bottle in it. And I packed it like really tight and in a smaller box. And then when I heard about the, the, the whole screwdriver thing, I'm like, oh crap, if a screwdriver goes through that box, it's, it's toast. It's going to be ruptured <laughs> can everywhere. But uh, luckily it made it all in uh, one piece. No issues. So awesome. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? If you want to contact a show like all of our great listeners did, you can do that easily through email at tap the craft or tap the craft at gmail.com or on Twitter at tap the craft. And of course, you can hit us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash tap the craft. And don't forget, we have a voicemail number. You can be like Jason, get your voice heard on the show. Just call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. Just leave your feedback, ask your questions, be on the show. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe you will find more great content by, with the following shows. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week I want to talk about El Fort, the local beer experience at the Boise Tree Fort Music Festival. Now, before we get into this, I need to kind of explain what this Tree Fort is all about, and Tree Fort is a five-day music festival with over 460 small and independent bands playing in multiple venues around the downtown Boise area. I mean, basically, they're playing inside, outside, uh, different, 
you know, different bars, different uh, um, entertainment uh, areas in people's houses, in their yards. I mean, they're playing all over the downtown area. And it's just music for five days straight, 460, you know, independent, you know, they're, they're, they're bands that are coming across from around the world. We had Israeli bands. We had, uh, from New Zealand, Australia, a lot from Canada, from Britain, uh, you know, from, uh, Europe, all over Europe. I mean, a lot of different bands, small bands coming and playing at this festival. And it's kind of an interesting event. And this year, this year marks the seventh year that it's been going on. And the music festival has grown over the years, and they've added additional what they call forts to the event. These forts are just like other venues or other areas that uh, you can go to to get some other activities. Like they have a comedy fort where you can uh, listen to comedy acts. They've got a film fort where you, you can learn about film. You have a food fort, a hack fort. Hack forts for all those nerds out there that want to hack, you know, hack their apps and stuff. Uh, they have a kid fort for dropping off your kid and letting them have fun while, you know, because they're, they probably got bored, uh, you know, listening to music and walking around. They have a skate fort, a story fort, a yoga fort, and of course they have the L fort, which is what we are going to talk about briefly, uh, right now. And this is the only fort other than the, the, the whole tree fort that's been around for the entire seven years that this thing's been going on. So now we need to kind of explain what exactly is the L Fort. Is it just, it started out just as a beer garden and it's grown into much more than just a, a beer garden. Uh, it's actually a three day beer festival that's held downtown right in the middle of all the action of Tree Fort Music Festival. And it's, uh, again, it's grown from just a, you know, just a, a place where people would go and have a couple of beers that were served on ta on draft to now we have. A, a lot of different breweries that come. It's turned into a real festival, not just, uh, you know, a beer garden. It actually has um, special release beers that are featured, you know, on certain days at certain times. They have different activities. They have a nail pull out of barrels. So they'll, they'll, they'll brew beer, put them in a barrel, and then they'll pull the nail and they'll fill the glass with the, the beer straight out of the barrel. You know, they, they had a, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. So it's kind of, uh, you know, a nice little thing. And they, the festival now is really, there to showcase all the great beer that Idaho has to offer to to people. So people come from around the the region to come to this uh, beer festival. A lot of people are coming from you know Seattle and Portland and and California and and you know all around the the neighboring states to this music for, uh, festival. And they're also being able to come in, unwind, have some beers, and try some of the great craft beer offerings we have in Idaho. This year's folk L Fort focused on beers using 100% malt and hops. Now, Idaho is one of those unique states that is ideal climate for growing both hops and barley, which is, and when I say ideal for growing these, I mean in commercial capacities, like large capacities, not just a lot of hops and a few little, you know, bit of malt and barley here and there. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really good uh, for state for growing both. So, I don't, you know, they're, they're trying to bring focus to that fact that, that Idaho is not just known for potatoes, but hey, you know what? We produce other agricultural stuff. And in beer, we've got the, the malt or the barley and the hops. And so a lot of the beers that were served at this festival were specially made with all Idaho ingredients uh, just for the festival, which was really nice. Any questions, John? No, but I like, 
I like the local focus. Yeah. Um, there's more uh, Ohio malt and hop growers popping up too. So uh, it's nice to see. And I'm hoping we'll be able to leverage that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key that they're trying to, they're trying to get it so that, yeah, that, that these smaller, um, you know, malt, malting uh, companies, I guess, can, can win some, you know, win some of that business from the, the local guys and, and, and have those local breweries support the local economy and, and get that great malt. Because I hear, I mean, I've listened to a number of beer podcasts out of Ohio and I've heard a lot mentioned about the, you know, the hops coming back to Ohio, hop growing, and of course the malt or the, the malt and, and barley. Uh, so yeah, it's good to, to do that. I, I like the local. This was one of the things that, was a trend for the year before. Remember, John, we were talking about uh, that the in 2017, they wanted to see more breweries using local uh, materials instead of, you know, going outside of their area. And we, you know, we, we may have seen a little bit of that last year, um, but I think we're going to see more of it this year. And already I, I've seen more of it just in the fact that we have that that hop processing plant that I talked about on the show um, in the summertime when I went to the hop, or actually fall, when I went to the hop uh, uh, field tour, and it's called Mill 95, and this is Idaho's own hop processing plant, so they actually, you know, store and uh, deliver, all the hops in Idaho will be delivered to Mill 95 instead of being delivered all the way into Washington. So it's kind of a big thing that we're going to have a lot more locally sourced um, ingredients right here from Idaho, not having to go through a third party uh, in another state. Okay, so the theme this year at El Fort is um, is like fresh. They wanted to have fresh beer. They wanted to show showcase the fact that these great ingredients coming from Idaho taste great, and beer is is really good when it's fresh. So they had a lot of IPAs that were being brewed just for the event. I mean, there was a, I mean, there was a ton of new beers that I never had that were one, you know, first time ever brewed at the event that I was able to try. And they were mostly IPAs that were showcasing the fresh. Now, I'm saying fresh, not that they were just picked hops, but the fresh beer using hops that, you know, that, that were just, you know, put in the beer and, and brewed. Uh, they had, uh, Woodland Empire Aircraft here locally in, in Boise. They actually brought a mobile canning line. Uh, inside the the event now in hindsight they could have probably used that space a little bit better to have more people be able to fit in there instead of having a big canning line you know taking up a big spot but again it was kind of uh it was kind of a, a neat thing to have the beer that was just taken out of the bright tank brought over in a keg put into the uh the canning line and they you know they go through the whole process of of cleaning the can uh filling the can can, you know, topping the can, labeling it, rinsing it, and then giving it to you right off the line. They did that for an hour on Friday night and an hour on Saturday. And they called this beer um, Fresh AF American IPA. Now, AF can be L for it, or it could be, you know, other words that start with an A and an F. Um, I like the name. Appropriately Fresh. Yeah, That's Appropriately Fresh. Uh, and I had a can. Uh, the can was a 16-ounce can, and it cost... Uh, uh, the equivalent of two two tokens to get it because you know it was double the amount of beer. So Alex and I, my buddy Alex and I, we each put a token in. We got a can and we shared 
the can with all of our friends that were at the event. So everyone got to try the beer and it was really good. Really, I mean, bright, crisp, hopped character uh, was really nice. I, I really enjoyed it. Now, I think it's important to drink this one fresh because I can only imagine what kind of things might have been floating around the air that might have got into these beers that, you know, if, if you wait around any time, it might contaminate. I'm guessing it might contaminate. I, I don't know how clean the environment was for, you know, for canning beer and, and not drinking it as soon as you can it. What do you think, John? You think there's a risk of contamination? I mean, there's always risk. It's not like they're doing this in a clean room at the brewery. That's true. And there's also true. other <laughs> stuff floating around. Um, good point. Good point. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's, I, I, I guess the brewery has more consistent uh, fauna and flora in the air mm -hmm. rather than, you know, doing something like this. But uh, yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of the, the environment, I mean, it's, it's obviously the whole thing is geared towards having it fresh so. yeah 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 so i thought it was kind of cool i thought it was a, a, a nice a, a nice idea just to show that you got you know you're getting a can you got to watch the whole process see the can the whole thing get done and then you got to drink the beer right there uh especially you open that beer as soon as you open the beer off the line because it's just been jostled around and uh, you open it and it just like foams out but when you foams out you get this big giant you know uh hoppy aroma coming out it, it was kind of cool all right so um we also had breweries that were literally uh kegging the beer the morning of the festival and bringing it and serving it as i mean right out of the again out of the bright tank they're kegging it that morning and they bring it in and serve it that afternoon again fresh fresh beer barley browns one of my favorite breweries in oregon uh they they provided a beer uh, that was freshly uh, kegged that morning. Also, uh, Grand Teton, they brought a beer that was freshly kegged from, from Victor, Idaho. So, I mean, there, there might have been some other ones. Those are the two that I remember um, them mentioning that these were just canned uh, that morning. So, it's really, uh, you know, a really great time to have uh, IPAs that are just super fresh. Now, I think that uh, that could be a, a good thing and a bad thing. I think that sometimes, in my opinion, uh, that fresh uh, beer maybe is missing something that might have, you know, developed if it would have been in the can maybe for a couple of days. I don't know, or in the keg. It seems like the you know sometimes the flavor may not be as uh, as bi as big maybe uh, when it's super fresh. Have you, have you had any experience with well, like uh, beer being too fresh, hoppy beers? It it every beer has its own like perfect window mm -hmm. and you know some beers that could be you know the second that it's carbonated off the bright tank that's not going to be the case for everything um there's also things going around that there there needs to be an adjustment period once it's packaged um i think that's partly due to you know just the beer going through all those mechanical actions um, you know, being pumped into the package, yeah, capped, yeah. like spun around, clean, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, there I've heard that some IPAs are like hit their peak, you know, three weeks after packaging. Okay. Some are like a week after packaging. Some are six weeks after packaging. Like, it, unless you drink, you know, that beer every couple of days or whatever, like, you're it's hard to know exactly what that is unless you drink a crap ton of it and you can figure it out. Um, but I mean, yeah, 
<clears throat> it could be that it needed a little bit more time. Uh, it, you know, who knows? Okay. So, okay. All right. So L4, what's nice about this, it's free to get in. That's, that's fantastic. They, but they make you buy a glass when you come in. So the, for a eight ounce acrylic glass with the L Fort, uh, logo on there was $3. Not bad. You know, $3 for an eight ounce acrylic glass or they had something special this year. They had this eight ounce steel, uh, um, steel mug. It was like a dual insulated, like a, uh, what do they call that when it's two, uh, like a vacuum, like a vacuum sealed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like an, uh, a nice, uh, it wasn't just one ply of, of metal stainless steel. It was actually two ply vacuum sealed, maybe whatever, but it, it had a carbiner handle. So you could just clip it to your belt clip and carry it around without having to worry about, uh, losing it. And you could bring it back every, you know, the L fort runs for three well, days. You could bring it back. Wait, wait, wait. With you. Why are you clipping it to anything? It should be full. No, no, times. What be- are you doing? No, because people come to L fort drink and they go back to a music thing and they come back again. So, while they're at the music festival or, you know, sing a, a band or whatever, they can just clip it while they're walking. Cause you can't oh, bring, wait, so you, you, can't you can't bring beer. Oh outside. man, that's a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> you can't like, there's not an integrated event. It's like all over downtown. The... There's, there's 30 venues that people right, are going to. They just need to block off all the Boise and make it one <laughs> huge festival. That you can walk all over. Yeah. I mean, problem solved there. Take that to your city council, you know, well, it just means you have to drink your beer before you leave the L Fort. Then you can fill it back up when you get to the venue. Because the venue, you're at some venues, you're allowed to drink. So you just, but at that venue, you have It'll to be have their a own separate, glassware. You have a, you have a separate wherever. glassware. They have a big 16 ounce stainless steel um, glass for that. So you have to buy two, I guess. That that's kind of a bummer. But uh, but yeah, they're kind of cool. I I like the mug. It's got a. It's I mean, it's a really nice. Uh, souvenir at least and i can bring it back next year they said bring it back next year you don't have to buy a mug next year and you can still use it so i'll bring it back next year and uh, it'll be it'll be good then uh each beer is a three dollar token so you buy a three dollar token for an eight ounce pour uh not too bad i mean it's, i think that's reasonable and you just buy what you want and again all the most of the beers that are being served were special one-off beers that have never been uh, brewed before now there are a lot of beers that they brought to fill in um, you know, they had Cali, they had Mother Earth Cali Cream and Ale, uh, there as, you know, a lighter beer for people to drink. But, um, but yeah, it, it was kind of good. I, I thought that was a, a reasonable price, free, free to get in and just buy what you want. Yeah. For eight ounces, it's not bad. It's in the ballpark. It might be a, might be a touch high for some of it. Cause a lot of places you can get like five ounces for, you know, buck 25, buck 50, yeah. depending on the package. But, it's in the ballpark. It's not outrageous. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I, I thought it was good. It, it didn't make me buy a, a thirty five dollar, you know, ticket. Right, I, I didn't have to pay thirty five bucks to get in. Uh, so, um, they, I do have some gripes. Uh, first off, is that I mentioned they had these featured beers that were being released at special times on special days. That's great. I don't mind that. Um, they had a list on the website. They had a list, you know, at each of those booths that had special beers. But the problem is they had these chalkboards that told people what beers were on draft, which you could get at that, at that station. And they had one side that was the the beers currently serving, but the other side that wasn't, you know, was was the featured beers. But they didn't necessarily say featured, um, you know, 
that this is not actually being served now. It's going to be served tomorrow. It, it was kind of confusing. So several times I'd go, you know, we'd go up to get a beer that we were like, oh yeah, they got, uh, uh Fremont Brewing's Unicorn Tears barrel aged milk style. I said, oh, I, w- I want to try that. I've heard, you know, people like that. I, I say, yeah, I want that Unicorn Tears. Oh, that's tomorrow at one o'clock. I'm like, why is it on a sign? Don't confuse people by putting it on a sign where it shows what beers are being served and you can't order it. That just kind of frustrated me. Yeah, I can understand if it's like featured for today. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to be on at two o'clock or it's going to be on, you know, but yeah, the next day that's. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of, it just was, it was kind of frustrating, you know, because Sarah wanted to have the, the bee bomb, the cinnamon coffee bee bomb that uh, we had in December. And they said, oh, they, she goes, oh, they have the cinnamon bee bomb. Give me a glass of that. Uh, go up there and, oh, that's tomorrow at three o'clock. I'm like, what the hell? Get that damn thing off the, off the board. I don't want to be, be, uh, confused. So that, that was one little small, uh, small complaint I had is just don't, if you're not going to have that beard that day, don't put it on the board because it just confuses people. Yeah. At the, uh, Washington, you know, beer festival, which is all Washington beers, three day event. Um, they, they mark everything like in your little like program mm-hmm. type thing. Like this is Saturday, you know, morning or they'll have these Saturday, but like it's going to cycle through them or like, this is only Friday. This is only Sunday. So yeah. you have an idea Yeah, and they post that ahead of time. So you can say, well, hell, I'm just going to go on Saturday because that's when the beers that I want are going to be on. You yeah. Know, or, yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. That's what we did, right? So, we went on your birthday. Well, that was uh, that was the um, the collaboration festival. Oh, okay, that's a different one. Okay. Yeah, but that was only one day too, I think. Or was yeah, it? I think that was just one day. Yeah. All right, so just gonna make this last little bit a little bit quick here. I don't want to drag on forever, but I'll tell you what I I really enjoyed myself. Um, the event did get they did move it to a bigger area and. Uh, one of the complaints from previous years is they didn't have any porta potties inside the event area, so you had to leave the event to go use the restroom. Whoa, I can't and, believe they even like thought about putting an event on with beer that yeah. you can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, and the problem is, is they, they, I mean, you couldn't have. Uh, you, they were always at over capacity. So if you left the if you left the event, you'd have to wait in line to get back in. So that was kind of a. They got a lot of uh, bad you know feedback on that. That hey. You got to go to a bigger place where we can have porta potties inside. They did that this year, which was nice, but there were so many people in there that the line for the porta potties was like around the the whole venue. It was like it was like a forty five minute wait to go to the bathroom. You you know me and my yeah. bladder. I don't have a bladder that can withstand that kind of uh, treatment. So. Yeah, so you need something else attached to a carabiner that you can also hook to your belt, <laughs> and then just like as you're standing in line, just eventually just dump it in the urinal when you get up there. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, that could that could work. <laughs> that could work. I, I just need a catheter. I'm just gotta install a catheter. Go to beer event. You know, we should work on that. Just like a, you know, beer festival catheter that we can market. <laughs> oh, but I think they can move it to even a bigger spot next year because it was still, I mean, the line to get in. We waited 30 minutes to get in originally uh and that was a long wait to get in because it was just so packed and once we were in there we were there for uh for three hours three and a half hours so not too bad we 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 got you know we we made up for the time that we took to get in Uh, but once you got inside 
there was not a wait for uh, at the at the actual uh, serving stations. There was no wait. I I think the longest I waited for any of the the nine beers that I that I had while I was there was uh, was maybe three minutes was the longest. And most of them I walked straight up to the station, uh, give them my token, get my beer, and, and leave. It was like really fast. I, I really thought they did a great job with keeping the lines like like zero lines. Well, that's just because everybody was waiting to pee. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, also, the the beer selection was really nice. They had a wide variety of beers. I mean, they did have a lot of IPAs, but it wasn't all IPAs. They had Berliner Weisses. They had a lot of sours. They had four cideries there. That was amazing that there's so many cideries now going to beer events. <laughs> So all those really fresh sours have been sticking around for a year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, those weren't, yeah, those weren't uh, fresh, but they, but Barbarian was there and they were serving up four different beers. They did have their, their fresh beer was the Space Wolf and it was a, a hazy, a hazy New England IPA that was pretty good. That my, I, Sarah had a glass of that and she really enjoyed that one. Uh, and it was actually hazy and, and, and tasty. They had, uh, a Blender Weiss that was really good that I really enjoyed, and they had uh, they had an interesting IPA that was called the Enigma, which is a good name for it because this was an IPA with raspberries, aged in a Pinot Gris wine barrel. And I'll tell you what, this tasted like it had uh, like grapefruit rind, right? That Pinot Gris barrel along with the raspberries, it 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 kind of reminded me of like a like a pink grapefruit. Uh, rindish kind of uh, character to it, and the, and the beer was totally pink. Uh, it was pretty interesting. It was it was good. Um, I didn't rate I didn't rate it all that high because I rate things you know according to style. It wasn't really the best of that style I had, but it was a a good beer, so I rated it uh, average rating. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that pretty much sums up the L for it. So uh, if you guys are interested in music. And you want to come to Boise and see what Boise has to offer in music, events, and uh, hospitality and beer. I think that uh, every March this uh, Tree Fort festival goes on. Come visit Tree Fort. Come visit L Fort. Let's drink together next year. So, any listeners, let me know if you're coming. In fact, I actually met up with a listener, um, uh, John uh, Surrey. Uh, he's from Utah. He came here for one of the concerts, and then he came to L Fort, and we met up. Because we met up before when he was in Boise and we had beers at Payette. And we, he and his wife and, and me and my wife uh, stood out and drank and, and chatted for a good, you know, 30, 45 minutes and had a great, a great time uh, while we were there together. So, yeah, I like to have more listeners come and, and look me up for sure. Okay, John, you know what? We're getting a little long. I did have an article I want to talk about, but you know what? We can wait and talk about that in the next episode. It'll hold. Nothing too important. So how about uh, we get on to some uh, some people we want to raise a, a, a glass to and, and give out some, some toast? Yeah, so I'll raise my glass to Russ Israel. Um, he's been uh, helping me out around the brewery, helping move stuff when we got to move heavy things that I need a second person for. So uh, it's nice. And uh, he was actually hanging out with us last night when I was drinking the uh, Luna Lux. And uh, I was trying to get him to call in. Uh, cause he was in a, he was in a good spot. Yeah. I'll just say that <clears throat> and, uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, but I, I couldn't get him to pull the trigger on it. So what is he shy? I don't know. I, I think he just likes toying with your heart. Um, 
but uh, who knows? We'll see. But uh, he and his wife are actually going to help us out by vo- being our volunteers at the uh, beer festival. So oh. They're going to be for us. So, well, hey, you know what? I'd volunteer if I was there. All that beer I can drink. Oh, wait, you can't yeah. drink beer while you're serving it, can you? Yeah, but you're not here, are you? Because <laughs> you're not supportive like Russ. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Russ is real. Yeah, and he's still waiting for his free beer. Well, so. when I when I see him for real, I'll I'll get him a beer on me for sure. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody believed any of he says he'll buy you a beer. It's just <laughs> take you got to take that back because everyone that uh, we went today, I bought everyone's beer today, so you can't uh, at the at Clairvoyant. There's no proof of that. There is proof. Alex, <laughs> Alex, call in. Uh, I'll tell Alex to call in and say that yeah, Denny bought beers today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it for me. So how about you? Yeah, I have a couple just real quick. Uh, of course, I already mentioned my buddy Alex is here in town. Uh, just want to raise my glass to him, making the extra effort to come out here and see us because uh, that's what friends do. Uh, he loves Boise. He misses uh, being here. And so I'm glad he likes to come and visit every few months so that uh, we can go drink and I can put back on that 10 pounds I lost. Since he's been gone, <laughs> I think I put it on this week or this weekend. Uh, I probably at least gained ten pounds uh, just in beer. And also, just want to raise my glass to John Surrey. We had a great time uh, chatting at the beer festival, and I'm glad that we we got to meet up again uh, when he comes into town. So, cheers! And of course, to all the servicemen and women out there serving, uh, protecting our freedoms. I just want to raise my glass to you. Uh, thank you for your service, and please come home safely soon. And we want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing line. And, of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Theoretically, I'm on Twitter at Prime Brewing and untapped at Prime WA. Uh, but really, you can follow the brewery, Trek Brewing, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or check us out on the web at trekbeer.com. Excellent. All right. It's last call. We're going to bring this show to a close. We want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or however you listen to this show. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.